0: To learn more about CODE, visit codehealth.com, that's K-O-D-E, health.com, or email CODE directly at partnerships at codehealth.com. As patients become responsible for a greater share of their health care, hospitals and health systems should review and perhaps reimagine their revenue cycle strategies. Today on Voices in Healthcare Finance, Eric Reese brings us the first of a two-part interview with Nicholas Mendyka, CFO of the University of Virginia Health System Medical Center in Charlottesville, Virginia. But first, as always, here's Rich Daly with the news.
1: This is Rich Daly, Senior Writer and Editor for HFMA, with your healthcare finance news update. The uninsured rate rose in the fourth quarter of 2018 to its highest level since the first year of the coverage expansion provided by the Affordable Care Act that according to a Gallup survey. By the end of 2018, 13.7% of U.S. adults were uninsured, which is the highest share since the first quarter of 2014. In other news, Medicare is expanding its value-based insurance design model and also creating a new drug plan model. The VBID expansion will be used by CMS to test innovations in the Medicare Advantage program. A separate Part D model will test whether plans can find ways to lower Medicare drug spending. And finally, as healthcare organizations prepare to dive into year end statements, an issue analysis, sourced from the experiences of HFMA members, was released to provide insights on overhauled accounting and reporting standards. HFMA's Principles and Practices Board issued the new analysis to provide clarity to the healthcare industry on accounting and reporting issues that stemmed from new rules by the Financial Accounting Standards Board. For more details on these and other healthcare finance news, check out our daily news page at hfma.org forward slash news.
0: Imagine a frictionless patient experience that strengthens relationships with meaningful human interactions and uses technology to increase efficiency and enhance convenience. Making it real is the challenge. Join us at the HFMA Revenue Cycle Conference in Austin this spring to learn how best-in-class organizations are redefining roles and workflows to integrate game-changing technologies. Learn more at hfma.org rcc. Consumerism in healthcare and the transition from fee-for-service to fee-for-value are changing the way health systems strategize in several areas, including the revenue cycle. Today on the podcast, Eric Reese speaks with Nicholas Mendyka, CFO of the University of Virginia Health System Medical Center, about the way these forces are reshaping the traditional revenue cycle and how healthcare organizations can respond.
2: The revenue cycle function has evolved uh, largely over the past uh, several years, and I think where we sit today is revenue cycle teams are much more integrated with operations. We're moving more of those kind of traditional revenue cycle functions into Uh, the front end space and, you know, we're really having more shared discussion forums with operational leadership. There's more revenue cycle representation on project teams and we're changing the way we approach our work, both within our core function and in partners with our operational colleagues, our charge master maintenance, our pricing build. You know, with that, we're increasing engagement with providers. We're seeking input with more frequency. We're providing more on-the-spot education around the importance and the nature of some of our work. And really, the big focus has been, I think, from a revenue cycle standpoint, the understanding on how their work translates to the patient experience, how it's how it makes their uh, ability to the ease of navigation within the system and then how it relates to the overall patient experience uh, that we provide to patients and, and so uh, you know I think there's just Bringing revenue cycle into to the table in a way that that maybe in the past and forming strategic planning and and financial planning in a way that that maybe some organizations haven't haven't looked to their revenue cycle teams for in the past.
1: Right. So there's greater coordination
2: between the clinical side and the revenue it, cycle. It's a necessity. I think that continuum has has expanded in terms of its length. It's it, it was much more consolidated within the revenue cycle space historically. And now those activities span a much greater breadth of personnel within a system. You've got schedulers and pre-authorization and folks who collect patient and financial information. You have people who drop charges and you have people who code and you you have people who collect. And, you know, some of those will always maintain core revenue cycle functions. But I think some of the functions on the front end are really shifting into operational accountabilities uh, because there's just such a focus on service that's not the clinical care we provide, but the service and the experience a patient gets by by uh, interacting with our business.
1: That means that there's got to be a lot of coordination between the clinical side and the revenue cycle team, I would guess.
2: Increasing, yeah. I think there's always opportunity for improvement there. I've kind of spoken in other forums before and uh, have shared that, you know, you get the question of how do you think the conversation of, of cost and value change. I mean, I can envision a point in time, maybe in the near future, maybe not so near future, where predominant conversations around cost of care happening at the point of care, not within a secondary conversation with a revenue cycle person. I don't think that's out of the realm of of possibility. I think one effect of increased price transparency is the most obvious time to have that conversation is actually when you're getting the service delivered. Of course. Unless you're in a critical situation or under anesthesia, but you know if you're in an outpatient setting or an elective procedure, unless the model is to have your financial representatives in the room with you, which I don't think anybody really wants, I see that we're going to have to find ways to be able to communicate with patients, probably through the the mouths of our providers, so a little bit more effective than we are today. And I talk to providers about that quite a bit, and you know, there's a that's a daunting a daunting vision, uh, which I don't know if it's so far out of bounds.
1: Are you getting the sense that a lot of them are just not comfortable with that? Is it a learning curve? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, no, it's not. It's not what we want our doctors to do. It's not what we set forth our nurses to do. I think that. You know, they're trained to be experts in what they do and, and other aspects of the organization are trained to be experts in what they do. And in an ideal world, that becomes the effective way to run a business. But that's, that's just not realistic for healthcare. There's so much interdisciplinary understanding that's needed. And I think the, the context of everyone's role in, in the system is, you know, that awareness is just is just increasing. So uh yeah, do I think it's uncomfortable? Maybe for some, maybe not for others. Is it something you want to do? I think universally, you know, I don't think anybody really wants to have that conversation uh when their passion is to provide healthcare. But when you start to to translate a patient's financial responsibility to the value that you're providing as a caregiver and translate that also and understand that financial wellness is part of overall wellness. There's a lot of research that shows the mental and stress effects of patients, families' financial well-being on their overall well-being. You're starting to see those connections and those those relationships, and understanding of providers say, Hey, look, this is one piece of a big puzzle, and how we address that and how we, you know, make that part of what we expect as consumers in in this industry, I think, is yet to be seen. Uh, and I can see uh, uh, many different ways that this unfolds, but I think the core of it is. You know, the revenue cycle teams, the people who really have the core expertise, certainly have to find a way to get the right information to the right people, however that conversation unfolds or however that information is shared with patients going forward. Wouldn't it be
1: great to provide your staff with unlimited access to HFMA's library of online education? How about HFMA's accredited certification programs? market-leading white papers, in-depth research reports, and more. Introducing Enterprise Solutions, a group membership program designed to provide your organization's employees with cost-effective tools and resources that increase staff engagement and optimize organizational results. Get your organization engaged with Enterprise. For more information and to watch an introductory video, visit hfma.org. Forward slash enterprise.
0: As a matter of principle, integration is almost always an option to consider. But healthcare organizations should be asking some key questions when an integration is proposed. Today's Fast Five features key integration considerations for healthcare organizations. Performance Potential Healthcare organizations should ask themselves whether they can quantify their performance goals, how achieving those goals with partners compares with going it alone, and what the business plan should be. Governance. If several organizations are involved, it should be determined at what level the integration governance should occur. Risk. These include not only financial risks, but those to reputation and operations as well. Strategic implications. If integration is seen as a stepping stone within a larger strategy, healthcare organizations should determine the criteria for judging whether to go further. Costs and viability. Prospective partners should consider whether they can afford the investment costs and plan for the indirect implications if the new venture fails. This Fast Five came from The Art and Science of Integration by Keith Moore and Dean Coddington. You can read the full column in the February issue of HFM Magazine at hfma.org slash hfm. Voices in Healthcare Finance is produced by the Healthcare Financial Management Association and written and hosted by me, Eric Grotto. Our news segment is prepared and reported by Rich Daly. Additional reporting this week was done by Eric Reese. Our sound editor is Linda Chandler. HFMA's president and CEO is Joe Pfeiffer. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you listen.